the Jets are smashed by the Chiefs. Sam Darnold's status is in doubt for New England. And most importantly, Joe Douglas meets with the media for the midseason State of the Union. Sabo Radio, again, again after a loss. Jets smoked by the Chiefs, 35-9. What else would you have expected? The 20-point spread goes to the favorite. I guess not amazingly. I heard a bunch of people say it was the biggest point spread in NFL history. It was not. I think uh, 2013 Broncos were favored over the Jacksonville Jaguars by... Uh, 28, I believe, 27 or 28. But regardless, it was a huge spread. The Jets' defense had no shot against the Chiefs' offense. Greg Williams, the only thing he could do is play a bend-but-don't-break defense, similarly to what we saw against Buffalo the week before. But unlike Buffalo, Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Reed, they scored touchdowns, five of them. Mahomes, five touchdowns, two that were pretty much gimmies, one with the push pass to Miko Hardman and one underhand uh, sprint out kind of deceptive throw to Kelsey. Saw it a couple times this year already near the goal line. I mean, what this game I think illustrates most is what a what an NFL offense is supposed to look like in today's league. And that's the Chiefs. And it it brings college-infused principles, edge-attacking principles, stuff that is meant to deceive the defense as opposed to what the Jets are running, as opposed to what Gase is running. Um, You know, a lot of stuff we we saw a decade ago, 12 years ago, a lot of wide receiver screens, a lot of, well, Gase used to run rub principles a lot more than he does now, curiously, which surprises me. But Gase is kind of running an offense from a decade ago before the Wildcat turned into a lot more jet motion, turned into a lot more zone read stuff, which continues to carry on into the NFL. And that's what Andy Reid does. You know, on the first touchdown drive, he ran what Reed likes to do. He likes to get cross motion action in the backfield. He implemented this at the start of the season two years ago with Patrick Mahomes, his MVP season, his first year, and it took the league by storm. Uh, he likes to run the jet motion and have someone else coming across that to contrast it and by having the motion go in opposite directions behind the offensive line, it freezes everyone on the second level. It it freezes the defense to the point where if you're trying to gain the edge offensively, you don't have to worry about blocking any of the guys in the middle of the field. You know, pausing them, making sure they don't know which way to attack, which way to flow, is what it does. And on the first drive, Reed did that cross-action motion at least three times. And we'll go through a couple of the plays here, maybe even four times. 
And it was only a seven-play drive, resulting in that Miko Hardman uh, push-pass touchdown. And how many push-pass touchdowns has Mahomes had in his career? Over 20? So many of his touchdowns have, become, have come so easily. Uh, just a quick push-pass to the, to the jet motion or anything in that vein. But Chiefs marched down the field, first drive, score. Interestingly, the Jets' offense early on wasn't terrible. And it's it's a theme again. Remember last year, they were good on first drives. And then nothing happened after that. Over the last few games, same thing. Unfortunately, they've resulted in field goals. Jets come back with a field goal. Chiefs come back with another touchdown. Uh, which one was this? This was the Ty Hill touchdown after the fake punt in which Ashton Davis's hips were completely turned around. Uh, Jets come back with a field goal again. It's still a one-possession game as the world is going nuts. One-possession game. Looking at the ticker, I know it's early in the early during the one o'clock window still, but you'd expect a bigger margin at at that point. Uh, Chiefs come back and punt, and the Jets actually have a shot to tie it up. They march down, field goal, fourteen nine, and that was pretty much all she wrote. The Travis Kelsey touchdown happens after that, right before the half. And then Sergio Castillo, who looks pretty good. I like Castillo. He's confident. I think if I was choosing between Ficken and Castillo right now, Castillo would be my guy. He just looks more confident. He looks the part. Uh, They don't have to choose right now. But I'll tell you, he definitely, if it's not the Jets, he definitely opened eyes across the league for someone to take a shot at him and that blocked field goal before the half pretty much was it and the second half the offense did nothing in terms of adjustments defensively for Spagnolo, there really wasn't many I just I don't think the Jets got it done and this is you know a completely different story than the Buffalo game of the year the week prior Buffalo played a lot of zone early and in the second half, they, they just started manning up the Jets' defense, as every defense should do. Press single high, as we discussed so many times. So, you know, another predictable effort. 35-9, defense was bad. Offense was even worse. Uh, worse. Special teams was horrible. Block punt and that fake punt with Pierre Desir. What are you doing on that fake punt, Pierre Desir? You know, you got to be in that area of the field, that down in distance, you have to be aware situationally. And he just was not. And it's, it's a lazy play. So we'll go through a couple of the plays here. Um, the first drive, this is the second play of the game. Second and seven. After a run on first down, I believe. And it's an example of the Chiefs' deception. You're going to see a jet motion here. There it is. Now, this is what I'm talking about with that cross motion. Jet motion. This tight end's going to flash in a, in a split zone action where he's going to kick out whoever the edge is over here. Having those two motions plus a play action on top of it confuses the hell out of the defense. And if the timing is right offensively, it takes a huge load off the offensive line. I don't think the Chiefs' offensive line is that great. I just think Andy Reid's scheme is 
ridiculously good. So watch this play. Play action. Too easy. Way too easy. In between the zone. And it's only legitimately a one-man route initially. You know, the the flasher is going to leak out. Mahomes could have the jet motion if everyone abandons that side. But it's a one-man route. First things first, watch the linebackers. You can't fault them too much to get sucked in on the play action with jet motion. Avery Williamson comes up. Neville Hewitt does a decent job. But Neville Hewitt, head on a swivel. Who is your threat to the right side? Nobody. Drop. Feel it. Sense it. Corner. Why are you not closer to this receiver? Why Greg Williams doesn't pattern match? I have no idea. He spot drops. He plays old fashion zone defense so if, if it's a deep third deep third here deep third here deep third here this is his only read once that jet motion happens right now his first read would be that outside receiver second read the inside brian Poole opposite first read here second read there looking look for any 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 leakage on that side over here once this jet motion happens that's it this is his only read, this corner. Who is that, Desir? That's his only read. To not be closer to this guy at this point. Uh, and I understand playing off. It's the game plan to keep everything in front because you got to watch for a wheel or something with two weapons, but with one weapon there, there is no reason to back up and play this far off. Brian Poole, he's got to watch out for that for the running back or the flasher. So Brian Poole's fine. Hewitt can't really get on him. Safety can't get on him. This corner has to be closer, and Greg Williams has to teach it to be closer. There's no point in playing in that space. Got to pattern match. Got to play individual reads rather than playing in space. To have a one-man route, catch it in between these four defenders is just, it's a terrible job. There's no other way to put it. And Mahomes, he reads defense as well, but he's also helped out big time. You know, good throw into the tight, not a tight window, good throw into the window, but it's Andy Reid who creates those large windows for him that makes things incredibly, incredibly easy. Uh, Next play, second and one later in the drive. This is all the first drive still. Uh, which one is this? Yeah, again, same thing, slant. Pretty much a one-man route. Uh, is it an RPO? Yeah, it looks like an RPO as well. So it's a run-pass option. Another jet motion, like Andy Reid does. So you got the action going this way. You got action going this way, which could be a handoff. But Mahomes knows he's not going to hand it off. Right. There, the linebackers are sucked in. Bless Austin's coming on the on the corner blitz. Ashton Davis is is put in a tough position at linebacker. He's got a bail, and his hips are going to be turned. And when you're disguising coverages, trying to replace blitzers in the secondary, that's going to happen. And he, you know the young kid's still trying to navigate his way through the NFL. But again, more deception from the Chiefs to be that far away from the play. Just it's not good defense. It's not good defense. Tip the cap to Andy Reid, but 
Again, it's not good defense. I understand bend but don't break. But not not to this degree. It's just way too much. Way too much to overcome from an overall standpoint in terms of complementary football, offense, defense, special teams. Later, Le'Veon starts wide, goes in the backfield. I think this is the screen. We'll check. Yes, this is the screen. And Bell looking slow as ever. He is... Is everyone sure Bell's a a stud running back? 28 is extremely old for a running back, folks. But deception here in the sense that it's a cross screen. Running back starts on one side, uh, the strong side, and then leaks to the weak side to get the screen. And the timing is just great. Watch Avery Williams in here. He should have diagnosed it earlier because right here, Look at this left guard steps into space and there's no reason to step into space. If you're pass protecting and the jets are rushing five, you're going to drop. So Avery Williamson staring at that. He should know something's up. He doesn't, he drops jets are sort of in a too deep with the Tampa two principle with the, with Hewitt screaming down the seam and Avery Williamson drops, and the timing is perfect from KC. And Bless Austin tries to squeeze it. He probably should have slow played it a little bit because they didn't have help. You got to know when to slow play it or aggressively squeeze it. I think he guessed wrong there. Ashton Davis can't affect the throw. And Bell looking slow as ever, I'll tell you. Yeah, his revenge did not exactly go according to plan. You know, Gase, you can get on Gase for misusing him, I guess. Uh, Gase deserves blame for a lot of things, but Bell is, you know, is a signing that never should have happened. Again, later in the drive, another jet motion. It's Andy Reid's a jet motion addict. Again, with the cross action, with the play action, these guys don't know which way it's going. Is it going this way? Is it going this way? They don't know. Now watch the linebackers. Watch the interior of the defense. Done. Push past a Hardman. Done. You don't even have to block these guys. So you have extra blockers here, here, and you're off to the races. Also, the edge, Basham, and Shepard could have had a play. Shepard is tough. He's looking at the running back. He doesn't even know Hardman has it. Basham has to play the edge a lot better than this. A lot better. The corner at this point, he's in a tough spot. At this point, he has to slow play it. He tries. A second blocker comes over. And then here, Ashton Davis, how does he not make the tackle here? He just can't get it done. Hardman makes a cut. He's flat-footed. He overplays it. He's got to stay inside out. As a safety, Ashton Davis, you got to stay inside out. Corner, outside in, safety, inside out. He's got to be like here. Use the sideline. Not not too far inside, but you can't be that far outside. That's that's not good. As a safety, Ashton Davis did not have a good game. And Hardman's off to the races, and it's way too easy. Here is the end zone view. Now watch the linebackers. No shot. And that is Andy Reid's deception. That's what he's so good at. That's what he's been so good at. 
and especially since the rules have turned into a more pass-happy, less physical league. You could run with the quarterback. You could you could get those guys, those little guys on the edge, trying to turn the corner because they won't get hurt. They won't get popped uh, in a much more physical league as it was decades ago. Uh, which play is this? Uh, it's another RPO. It looks like another RPO. And watch the, watch the linemen run blocking. Linebackers sucked in again. Mahomes knows he's not going to hand it off. He just knows. And he knows Kelsey's going to be there. Huff is the only chance they have. And why Mahomes knows he's not going to hand it off, and he's not even going to pretend he's going to hand it off. He just has to get rid of it quickly so there's no illegal man downfield. Two weapons here. Here are the two DBs. Look at how far off both of them are. So if this guy darts to the flat, one of them has to get there. That leaves, you know, the corner most likely will take the flat. That leaves a safety on the next weapon, and he's 15 yards off, 14 yards off. So there's no chance, and again, nothing around him. And it's all deception. That's that's all it is. It, it's dink and dunk deception, and you have no shot. It's not line them up, go go man versus man, impose my will against you. That's not this NFL anymore. That's not what that's not what this league is all about. And then Kelsey right before the half, uh, more misdirection, more deception. Mahomes is going to be another jet motion. It's chronic. Mahomes sprint out, underhand pitch to Kelsey. While the entire line doesn't move, the defense has to respect the sprint out. So the goal is to get everyone going this way, underhand pitch it to Kelsey. There goes the defense. And the other important part is Kelsey blocking and then allowing this man to think he won. That's the key. You can't give up, you know, timidly. You have to make sure, you have to make this defender believe he won his one-on-one matchup. Right there, he allows him, he allows him to, to disengage and swat and then just turns. Hewitt misreads it. Kelsey walks in, dunks it like Dominique Wilkins. Watch it from the end zone view again. Williamson and Hewitt. There they go. More Andy Reid goodness. The Tyree Kill touchdown, one of the few really uh, deep chunks in the first half. It's not exactly deception. Uh, the route is, but here's Hill. It's just going to be a corner post, and Mahomes is going to drill it. And right here, Ashton Davis is way too aggressive. Why? You got to have an awareness, a sense for the field where everyone is. Look at this corner. There's no initial second read. This guy eventually leaks out. But because of this depth, there's no way Mahomes could get this corner to Hill because of this cornerback here. That's why Ashton Davis screaming up on the corner is a bad move. He could have played this much more timidly and have done so because of the cornerback's depth. If the corner was here, yeah, I understand an aggressive move. I understand an aggressive break to the corner. But 
he just gets burned. We'll play it right here. Watch Ashton Davis. Go speed turn. No shot. So knowing where your cornerback is, knowing where your help is, his depth is key. And Ashton Davis is struggling to get a sense of the game. Um, not just at the NFL level. You know, if you watch Joe Blewett, he said it all along. He struggles to, you know, have that awareness on the field. His his football sense is extremely raw. And will he ever get that? I don't know. Uh, the one big play, one big highlight offensively for the Jets was the Denzel Mims fade, 27 yards. And here it is. Chiefs, Spagnolo is toying with his safeties. Darnold reads one-on-one. Great throw. Great catch. Good job overall. And the key is here, and this is the defense the Jets are seeing all the time. Press, press, whether it's soft or hard, doesn't matter. Single high. So Darnold, Sorensen comes up. The other safety drops. Who was that? Matthew. And at this point, with Sorensen taking the tight end, it's one-on-one, one-on-one, one-on-one. Gotta make defenses pay in this situation. Denzel Mims off the snap. Watch Denzel. His front foot is sort of a false step. You really don't want to see that. Uh, but you'll see it more in a press situation. And, you know, it's not a step-back move, but it's you'll see it from receivers at times. Uh, to make sure they're they're square, they're balanced. Here, it's a fluid move, left, right, left, and go. I'd like to see him at this point be a little closer to the corner, but that's okay. His stem leans into the corner here, and it's not like he blew past the guy. It's great coverage. And look at Darnold. This is the release point. Great coverage. But in today's NFL, great coverage means nothing. It is impossible to cover guys. So in one-on-one situations with a Denzel Mims or a Perryman, great coverage means nothing. Mims leans into the corner to ensure that he has enough space near the sideline. And from here, it's on the quarterback. And if he makes the perfect throw, which he does, to the outside shoulder, it's going to be a good play. And this is what the Jets have to get down. They won't force defenses to start adjusting until Darnold and his weapons master one-on-one situations, fade, back shoulder, anything. They got to make defenses pay in those situations. So Jets, Chiefs, you know the story. 0-8, they match Rich Kotite, Kotite's 96 team. And, you know, Kotite's ninth game that year was Adrian Morell's 199-yard game. In Arizona, I think he scored a touchdown too. Uh, They're playing the Patriots this Monday night. We'll see what happens. That is the Jets fans' worst nightmare. The Jets beating the Pats on Monday night. And then the Pats and Belichick cooking something up to finish with the worst record in the league to get Trevor Lawrence. Can you imagine them going from Brady to Trevor Lawrence? Therapy sessions for Jets fans will skyrocket in Long Island and Northern New Jersey and Queens and Staten Island. It'll it'll be out of control. Go to school, kids. Get your 
whatever degree you need to become a therapist because you'll have a lot of Jets fans coming in if that scenario unfolds. Injuries. Darnold did not practice Thursday. Brashad Perryman was limited. On the conference call, Gase sounds confident that Darnold will play Monday night, but they're keeping him out Thursday uh, to give him an extra day of rest. Who knows? Tomorrow will be the big day. Friday will be the big day. Everything's moved back a day because of the Monday night game. So today's practice was more like a normal Wednesday practice. And with Darnold, Crowder, Jamison Crowder, Blake Cashman, Nathan Shepard, and Quinnen Williams also did not practice. Quinnen Williams being the one that stings the most because he's the guy everyone wants to watch on a week-to-week basis. Him and Mims. And P. Ryan to a certain degree. And of course, Becton. Becton's top, top of the list. Other guys who were limited uh, were Brashad Perryman, John Franklin Myers, and a few others. Perryman was wearing a red contact jersey. He, his status, he's, he's progressing in the next stage of the concussion protocol. His status is up in the air. Uh, Gase also sounded pretty confident on Crowder, but it remains to be seen. And they'll go from there. We'll, we'll see what happens, especially with the Patriots, especially with how they're struggling at two and five. Finally, the most important thing in Jetsland over the last month or so, I would say. Joe Douglas finally met with the media for his midseason State of the Union. And what he had to say was not satisfactory to Jets fans. Obviously so. He defended Gase. He was asked point blank. I think it was Samini of ESPN. Is Gase part of this team's solution moving forward? He said yes. Fans, ladies and gentlemen, what is he supposed to say? If you're a GM in the NFL and you start throwing your own head coach under the bus, even if he is Hitler himself, well, I may have went too far. If he's Hitler, throw him under the bus. But no matter how bad the coach is, you can't throw guys under the bus in season while he's still employed and expect to get anywhere in this league. Can't do it. So, owning it, he, he, he said everyone's frustrated and they all own it. As a leader, it's exactly what you want to see. He put the blame on his own shoulders. You want leaders to take the blame and put it on their own shoulders no matter whose fault it is. You want leaders to back their guys no matter how poor they're playing or how poor they're coaching. It's not what you want to hear. It's not going to be pretty. It's not going to be the truth. But that's what you do in this league. That's what you do to minimize chaos, to minimize headlines. The only thing worse than an 0-8 team is an 0-8 team with public dysfunction. Something the Jets know plenty about. And the one thing you could say about this 0-8 team and this disaster of a season is that it's all come on the football field. There has there have been no 
locker room, off-field headline incidents. Nothing. No leaks out of the building, no crazy reports. So for that, you got to give him credit. And that's what Joe Douglas is doing. He's just weathering the storm, looking to add talent, looking to draft and uh, you know, bring the right types of people in, right types of players into the building. Quote, my message for the fans is we're all frustrated with where we are right now, but everyone in this building has to own it. This record belongs to all of us, and it's incumbent on each of us to figure out how we can improve it, and I certainly take my fair share of the responsibility. Again, it's the right message. You tip your cap. He's doing the right thing. Quote, we thought, and this is the next part is about Robbie Anderson. Speaking about taking culpability and putting uh, blame on your own shoulder. Robbie Anderson, he didn't shy away from it. He said he admitted he misread the market. Something that he did not do with Brian Poole or Jordan Jenkins or even Denzel Mims to a degree in the draft. It's not the market, but it's the draft. He traded down and still got his guy. Quote, we thought Robbie's value was going to be even greater than what he signed for in Carolina. So that's on me ultimately. And that's on us to get a better handle on every player's market value. Honestly, we'd all love to see Robbie here doing what he's doing. But I tip my hat to the success he's having. But we don't have to be in the business of losing good players. Think about the trades. End quote, obviously. Think about the trades he's pulled off recently. McClendon, Avery Williamson. McClendon's in Tampa, Avery Williamson's in in Pittsburgh, even Jamal Adams in Seattle. All three guys are with great teams. Yes, he's improved his draft position with the two in-season trades with Williamson and McClendon. But that might not even be the most important thing. The fact that Douglas is making something out of nothing and allowing veteran players to go to winning situations is something the entire league notices and stores in the back of their head. He's creating goodwill across the league with players, with agents. When they negotiate, when they think about the Jets, they start thinking about the guy who's running the organization, who's running the football department, and saying, you know, yeah, they're winless and they're terrible on the field, but this guy seems to know what he's doing, and this guy won't screw me. He won't say something to my face and do something completely different. If I'm in a bad situation and I'm a good soldier, he's going to do right by me. So because of that, I'm not going to be afraid to negotiate or think about the Jets. And agents store this in their head. And agents are players' best friends. So these trades, the meaning behind these trades travel far deeper than simply flipping a seventh round pick in 2022 for a fifth round pick. And here again, with the quote with Robbie Anderson, can't get on him. It's a great quote. It's a great job tipping the cap to Robbie Anderson and taking the blame on upon his own shoulders. And apart from this move, there's not much you can get on Joe Douglas for. Um, you know, he also mentioned, as we all know, he's going to build through the draft. He learned under Ozzie Newsom. 
Quote, I think when you look at successful organizations, no matter what the sport, you don't see a lot of teams that build long-term success by buying their way out. End quote. Well, except for the NBA. The NBA is a completely different animal, but his point holds true. Quote, you see, you see the teams, the organizations that have long-term success, they draft well and develop their players. I think that's the model moving forward, our vision moving forward. And when we have the opportunity to strike in free agency, having that flexibility is a positive. But none of this is going to work if we don't draft and develop these guys, especially with the assets we have last year and this year. End quote. 100%. 100%. And again, he, he, he discussed the, the trades with the draft picks and adding draft capital and adding assets. And that is the highlight. I don't expect him to be very aggressive in free agency this this offseason because he understands, unlike McCagnan, you don't make a good, you don't take one step forward for the sake of knowing you're going to have to take three steps back later on by signing veteran free agents when your infrastructure is not ready. That's what McCagnan did with Mosley and Bell. You just weren't ready for prime time. When asked about Gase, Douglas, as I already said, he did the right thing, no matter how much the fans hate hearing it. This is not all on Adam Gase. Quote, this is not all on Adam Gase. I have to do a better job of surrounding him with better players and better weapons. We're in this together. I'm going through and thinking about everything I can try to do to help Adam. The goal is to get this fixed together. He answered point blank, yes. He is the part he is a part of the team solution moving forward. For all you know and I know, a decision has already been made on Gase. Gase may even know it. We don't know. But what again, what is he supposed to do in season? Bail on the guy? Publicly trash the guy? Can't do it. In your opinion, can this team get to where you want it to be with Adam as the head coach? Yes. You know, ultimately, like I said, I have to do a better job for all these coaches and players. And the hope is that we can fix these problems together um, and, and be here together for a while. So you're saying he's part of the solution then? Yes. The hope is that we could be here together. Although he does the right thing, he also makes sure not to lock himself into a certain situation or paint himself into a corner. And we come to Sam Darnold. Quote, Sam is an ultra-talented quarterback, and I really can't say enough about his grit and his toughness, Douglas said. Ultimately, I have to do a better job of putting talent around Sam, and we have to, we have to develop some kind of continuity within the offense moving forward. We're trying to get through the next eight games. Again, my feeling on Sam hasn't changed. Douglas, he painted a picture that, just like Gase, Darnold is part of the future. He's part of the team right now. But when asked about the draft, he also wouldn't say uh, he wouldn't not draft a certain position. He would never limit himself or lie publicly. 
And that's what you want to hear from your GM. Can you say for sure now that Sam will be your starting quarterback next year? Look, I mean, we're trying to get through the next eight games. I mean, uh, again, my feeling on Sam hasn't changed. You know, uh, we, we have to do a better job of, of surrounding him with talent. That's what you want to hear and see in a leader. Don't give anybody any ammo. Control the chaos. And that's what Joe Douglas is doing. And that's why he deserves patience. And that's why he deserves a shot in terms of Jets fandom. So yeah, was it pretty? No. Does it enrage fans when Joe Douglas is saying Adam Gase is part of the future and part of the solution? Of course. But take a step back. Understand what you need out of a front office leader, especially in today's game. You need a guy who's not going to stir the pot, who's not going to do anything crazy, who's not going to throw guys under the bus. And Joe Douglas is doing exactly that. Uh, visit JetsXFactor.com. Uh, Blew it just dropped a video on the Chiefs Jets film review. And uh, check out Sable Radio at iTunes. Rate, review, share, share our YouTube stuff, subscribe. First month is free. Most of our content is free anyway, but the good stuff, the analytics, the film, most of that's behind the paywall. Remember, no advertising. We don't do ads on the website if you're a subscriber. So the days of loading pages for 20 seconds are over. Instead of ads, which could garner a lot more money, instead of subscriptions, in most cases, we don't do that. If, you, if, you, if you're a subscriber, you get no ads. You fly through content, and you get to see everything, from Nania's analytics to Blewett's film reviews to whatever the hell I do. Who the hell knows? So Jets land, Jets fans, take a deep breath. Don't think the Patriots will automatically get Trevor Lawrence. Don't think nightmares, even though, even though Monday night is uh, frightening for many of you. Cam Newton kind of makes Jets fans believe the Jets are going to win Monday night. Belichick, he's going to come back to screw the Jets. Somehow find his way through the Death, Death Star to Trevor Lawrence after a year off without Brady. Take a deep breath. This Jets team is horrible. And their GM is the right leader. And in terms of evaluating talent, and not jumping the gun and needing to build an infrastructure and understanding that he needs to do that before he jumps the gun in any other area, i.e. free agency. Take a deep breath and understand you. I think you have the right guy leading the charge. Until next time. 